This podcast is brought to you by Cashflow Mastery, the only revenue management course in our industry that teaches you step-by-step how to become a master revenue manager in your hosting business. For more info, check out getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That's getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. What is up, everybody? Episode number 600 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Special, very special occasion, of course. And who better to invite them? My partner in crime. Mr. Eric Muller. Eric, welcome to episode 600, dude. 600 episodes, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. It of, is a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of guests. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right? It's, uh, it's super exciting. Uh, it's, uh, it's almost been uh, 10 years. So it's another big milestone that's coming up uh, on the podcast here. That's awesome, man. You're almost catching up to uh, to Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah. I don't know. He's got probably like over... He must be at 2,000 by now. I think it's like 3,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Gotta step it up, man. Does he, <laughs> does he do one every day? Yeah, sometimes he does multiple a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was dreaming a couple of days ago. I was dreaming that I was doing a daily Get Paid for Your Pat uh, podcast. Hey, man. It might be a sign, you know? The universe is trying <laughs> to nudge you that way. Maybe one day I'll do that. I'll just, that's the only thing I'll do. I'll just get up in the morning, record a podcast, and then I'll just chill for the rest of the day. There you go, man. Sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, when you're fat and retired sitting on the beach, do a daily podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, uh, you kind of inspired me. uh, Well, I think it was last week. You posted something on LinkedIn. And by the way, you've been, you've been very active on LinkedIn. Like, what's, uh, what's going on on LinkedIn? Huh? Um, I see you're writing stuff. I see you're posting. Dude, I feel like a whole new surgence again in like uh, creative flow. And, uh, you know, now that Free Wild is live and, you know, we're getting the feedback and, you know, this again, like this vision of Free Wild came to, came to me originally like hiking on a mountain and then fast forward years later, this thing is real and like we're hosting guests and, you know, making money, doing our thing. It's freaking awesome. Uh, the feedback that we're getting is awesome. So yeah, it's just been inspiring me to, uh, to write more and create more content and doing a lot more podcasts, stuff like that. Um, specifically around hospitality and just kind of my vision of what's happening in, in the short term rental industry. But yeah, I found, I found LinkedIn is really the best for me. That's the best channel to create. You know, I, I've, I had outside of free wild on Instagram, like Instagram is not my thing. Posting pictures of myself doing things like it's just not my thing. Uh, you know, Facebook, I haven't been on there in forever. Sure as hell not downloading TikTok. Uh, so I just found like my little niche in, in, uh, LinkedIn and, uh, yeah, yeah. The writing has just been a lot of fun as well. So trying to uh, post a few posts a week right now. And then the goal is to eventually get up to like a daily post, which I think would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, one of your posts caught my eye. Um, It was a post about a concept that I'd never heard about called unreasonable hospitality. 
mm-hmm. that really piqued my interest. So I'd love for you to explain what that means. Well, Unreasonable Hospitality for everyone who's looking. It's this book right here. I actually finished it today. It's by uh, Will Gierda. Uh, I probably butchered his last name. Uh, but he is – I've been really into studying hospitality and trying to understand like with Free Wild, how do we – how did how do we create a not just the product as far as like design and experience design and service wise uh, for the property, but how do we develop a world class hospitality experience for our guests that go through this property that it, like they have to come back and experience another free wild. They have to share free wild with a friend, right? Like after going to. An incredible restaurant or going to an awesome movie, people are sharing it with their friends, right? So <clears throat> I I've been studying quite a bit of hospitality from restaurant uh restauranteurs um and just like just the, the restaurant industry itself. And there's two really amazing books, and I highly recommend everyone who's listening to this to buy or download both of these books and read them in this uh in this process. So The first book is called Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. Danny Meyer is the uh, famous restaurant restaurant owner, owns multiple different restaurants. Uh, But his first restaurant was Eleven Medicine Park in New York City. It was a world-class restaurant. Eventually, he sold it to Will, which was one of his... Uh, employees at the restaurant and Will wrote this book, Unreasonable Hospitality. And over the course of 20 years, they were able to get this restaurant to become the number one restaurant in the world, um, along with being, you know, rated four stars in New York, uh, New York Times, and also being uh, a three star Michelin, Michelin star restaurant. Um, so he, Will, he wrote this book called Unreasonable Hospitality. We're actually going to be down. He's he's uh, headlining uh, the the Dharma event down in Nashville in uh, December. So hopefully we'll get to meet him uh, while he's down there as well. Uh, but he created this concept called unreasonable hospitality, and the whole idea behind it is how do you go above and beyond um, for your guests uh, to where it's just like it's just completely unreasonable what you're doing to make this person's experience world-class. And he has so many different stories about that in the book that we can break down. But uh, he even created a uh, position in his restaurant to to over-deliver for guests and just focus on the guest experience, right? So I started writing about Unreasonable Hospitality because it's this book really resonated with me. Uh, if you go through my, my book here, it's just like covered with notes and highlights and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so much so that uh, the unreasonable hospi- hospitality is now a core value of Free Wild, right? Of like, okay, this is part of our culture and community to create something to where our guests are just completely blown away with the hospitality. I'm not talking about the service and the property. I'm talking about the human connection behind behind the stay. Um, so yeah, I. I started writing about it because I feel that the industry, the short-term industry, is leading towards in uh, leading towards hospitality being the factor 
of success for short-term rental stays and hopes. So we could, un- uh, you know, unpack all that, but yeah, that's where the inspiration came from is this book on unreasonable hospitality. Unreasonable hospitality. Awesome. Yeah. It's uh that's really cool. I'm definitely going to order the book. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving. So I'm going to disconnect for a couple of days and, uh, It'll be my that'll be my goal to to finish that book during the yeah. holiday. Yeah, I highly recommend diving into it, man. Also by um setting the table, because then it'll kind of give you a story of how Eleven Medicine Park was created and a little bit more about the history of that. Uh, because he references uh Danny Meyer quite a bit. Um, but what Will has done here with Unreasonable Hospitality, and this is a fairly new book. Um I, I forget when it came out a couple years ago. But I truly believe that he's going to be creating a whole movement here around un- unreasonable hospitality. And my hopes are, yeah, this was written back in 2022, so not not that hmm. not that long ago. Um, my hopes here is that we are the ones that really um, put these lessons to work inside of Free Wild and really set the set the standard of what's possible in short term rentals. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was checking out the the website for uh, for this book. Um, there's a whole website unreasonably hospital unreasonable hospitality dot com, and it's funny because the first sentence uh, that I read here is if you're here, it means that you believe as we do that how we serve is as valuable as what as what we serve, mm-hmm. and that that line like resonated with me because I remember when I was very very young, my teacher taught me a really important lesson. Basically, I was, I think I was like eight years old or maybe nine years old or something. And, uh, I, I got into a bit of a fight with my teacher and I, I, I yelled something at him and he was, you know, uh, I said something that I shouldn't, shouldn't have said. I was, I was being rude to him. Right. And then, so I had to stay after class and then I was trying to get away with it by saying that it was a joke, right. That I didn't mean it. And, uh, he then told me in an expression actually in French. So for anybody who speaks French, who's listening to this, you might understand it. I'll translate it, but it goes, c'est le ton qui fait la musique, which basically means it's the tongue that creates the music. And what it means is that it's, it's not the words that are coming out of our mouth that has the meaning. It's that the meaning comes more from like the context and the way that we say it. And that's what I was thinking about when I was reading this. I was like, ah, that makes a little sense to me. It's like, it's not about, it's not necessarily about what we say or what we serve. It's about how we serve it or how we say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, he, th- this is what I find really interesting with unreasonable hospitality and where I think the biggest challenge is going to be from implementing this in short term rentals. Like, one thing that Will did, he talks about this in the book it, that they created is something between the back of the house and the front of the house, right? Like the the chef essentially, and then the the servers, where he put a lot of power and a lot of effort into the servers being the ones that really create the experience for the guests that are eating, right? And previous to this, essentially. Uh, restaurants were only focused about the amazing chef in the back and what he or she really wanted the experience to be. 
this is the first time that a restaurant had two experiences, the food and then the service, right? And what Will, <clears throat> excuse me, what Will gave uh, his servers the power to do is to authentically connect with the guests, right? So he gave them the power to authentically connect and help shape an experience with every single guest that comes into the prop, uh, come into the, the restaurant. Right. Which I think is really amazing. Cause it's like, he was able to attract in people that truly wanted to create hospitable experiences and authentically connect with the humans that they're serving versus just taking an order and just being a running, you know, being somebody that runs food back and forth. Right. So for us, you know, in the short term rental space, like this is something that I see. It's like, how do we, how do we create these experiences and have these authentic, um, these authentic connections with our guests that are coming into our properties with still holding what we love short, short term rentals to be, which is like this automated, um, experience to, to a certain level. Does that make sense? Like, how are we going to be able to um, over deliver these experiences and create these experiences for our guests that are unique, that is not fully automated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes the two can actually go hand in hand. Sure. You know, cause when I book an Airbnb, there's nothing that I love more than an instant message with the information that I need in that moment. Right. And, and so I don't mind if somebody that, that that message is automated, automated. I know it's not the host typing out that message, but I'm mm-hmm. getting, I'm getting what I need in that moment, what I want <laughs> in that moment. Right. 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 Yeah. I think, you know, I think the, again, we have a service side, we have the hospitality side. Um, and I think the service side, automated messages, all of that is important for sure. Like I think, and that's what I love. I, I don't necessarily want to meet my host when I go to check in. Right. But with, with, um, with unreasonable hospitality, one thing that I'm challenging us on as a company to look at and like what I'm challenging the industry to look at is like, how do we create those experiences, right? Like, how do we create experiences that are that human connection with our guests in our properties, right? Um, so yeah, so I don't necessarily have the res- the answers for that now. We're we're playing with this now in Free Wild, um, but what I'm excited about is like the ability to attract in people into the company that will help cultivate those experiences that truly want to have those uh, human connections with the guests that are coming through. I have a question. I have a, well, the, actually, I was going to ask you, can, well, you know, what are your thoughts on how do we implement that? But you already answered that question. Um, my next question is, do you, do you think this is something, something, do you think this is a new concept that, that people are looking more for experiences versus the product itself? Like we're, we're not looking for a space. We're not looking for, you know, uh, food. We're looking for that experience, whether it's the restaurant or whether it's like going to the cinema, like it's not just about the movie. It's about you know, everything else. Like, is that something new or do you think that has existed always in the history of, of humankind? I, I mean, I don't, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I, I, I think humans are always looking for experiences that they can connect with experiences equal stories, right? And humans 
as we know, evolve through storytelling, right? And we connect through storytelling, right? So just a place to stay. I don't tell... Like, for example, I went to New Jersey about a month ago to visit some family. And I just rented... I was only there for two nights. Uh, So I rented a standard hotel room that I found on booking.com. And everything about that property, the location, the company, the people I dealt with, it was forgettable. Like it was, I don't, I don't even know the name of the, the hotel, but what I do remember was my experience of the hotel being a, it was just a very bad experience. I had to move to three different rooms. It was smelly. It was dirty. It was, it was bad. It was a bad experience, but I tell the story of that experience to my family that's in that area, right? Obviously, that's a bad example of what not to do or a good example of what not to do, right? But I think the what humans are experiencing, or what they're seeking now, at least for myself, what we're seeking now are experiences that we can create memories and tell stories about, right? So it's like, we still want the standards when it comes to short-term rentals. We still want the standards of a clean property, uh, comfortable beds, safe, safe location, um, beautiful designs, easy access, easy stay, all of that. But I think we're also ex- we're also seeking this hosp- hosp- hospitality experience that we can continue to share and and share our memories about that, right? It's not, we're not just, you know, of course, there's always going to be people looking for the cheapest place to stay, but even there, like that could be a unreason. you can bring unreasonable hospitality to any level of experience, any, any stay from the, the budget to the most luxurious. It's not, you know, the most, it's not five-star stays that need unreasonable hospitality. It's every single short-term rental. So I don't know. I think people are just seeking more lively experiences that they, you know, that great memories that they can share. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I remember when my, my grandmother, grandmother, uh, once told me that she was 36 when she went on her first vacation mm. and it made me think, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause like, imagine, Imagine you're, uh, imagine that you're one of the first people to, to travel to space, right? To the moon or something like that. You have, you have that, that. I think that's a service now, right? Where you can jump yeah, on spaceships. So, yeah. not, not the moon, but like you can go in space, space right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm thinking like, imagine that you go on a, on a space flight, right? You're probably not going to worry about like how comfortable the chair is and, you know, because the, the experience is like so new and so cool. Right. And I'm thinking when my grandmother told me that, I was like, ah, you know, like back in the day when, when, it, when going on vacation on the first place was an, a very, you know, unique and luxurious kind of experience that not many people were able to do. Um, so I'm thinking like, as, you know, as we, as, as uh, society evolves and like we're, we're, we're able to do, you know, going on a vacation is almost like, you know, standard like everyone goes on vacation a couple times a year right so once it becomes like kind of like you take it for granted that you do it then you start i feel like then we start focusing more on like the experience versus just the thing itself same with like going going out for dinner you know it's like that's 
that used to be also like a luxury thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, our industry has matured. Our industry has seasoned, right? So I shared this on another post on LinkedIn that I did prior to uh, Unreasonable Hospitality post. Um, is that our industry has seasoned to a point where people have gone through in the beginning when Airbnb launched it, we went through the, we went through a few years of just like being in awe that we can stay in the, any property we want in any town in any city around the world. Right. It's like, we didn't have that option before. It was very touristy where we're going. Excuse me. Now with Airbnb, we're able to stay in like apartment buildings and, random homes and stuff like this, like just that experience alone is incredible, right? So to your point, just that alone was an incredible experience, but we've done it. We've stayed there. We, we've gone through all the, you know, especially for the people that truly travel a lot and stay at multiple Airbnbs, we've experienced terrible Airbnbs, right? It's like, and we've experienced subpar short-term rentals where it's just like the, it's like going to a restaurant that where the food is just like super disappointing, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm fed, right? But, you know, I'm never coming back here again, right? We've had more of those experiences for the most part as a travel community than the place of walking in just being completely in awe of the experience, right? So I think people are truly seeking that now because we know it's possible. Also, I think it's... uh you know, I, I think people are with, with TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, we, we see that these places are out there and that it's possible to stay at these awesome homes, right? And I think people want more of that, right? Um, so, yeah, I think everything, this is just a maturity. But they're still at the end of the day, like, it, it, it comes down to creating experiences, whatever that experience is, creating a world-class service, but then creating unreasonable hospitality, world-class hospitality. Yeah. I remember when I stayed at my very first Airbnb back in 2011, my expectation was so low. Like I was like, if I, if this is a scam and I just lost my money, then I probably wouldn't be very upset because I'm kind of touching like a 40% chance to that happening. So the yeah. fact that the host opened the door, that was already a win, you know? Right. <laughs> so that, right, that's right. how low my expectations were. For sure. Yeah, dude, I remember staying even before Airbnb. I was staying on uh, couchsurfing.net, right? And just like sleeping on people's, you know, couches and blow up mattresses for free, right? So like the industry has definitely evolved. Now, I think going into 2024, in the next few years, what I think is like, if you want to be successful in short-term rentals, if you want to build a real short-term rental company, like we got to lead with hospitality first. I, re- I really believe that. We got to lead with a boutique brand. We got to focus on a great product, great service, but then we also have to lead with real hospitality. And I think those elements is going to make something that will be sustainably wealthy throughout the years. So we were at VRMA a couple of weeks ago. What was the, what was your, what are your thoughts on like the general vibe there? Is this, do you feel like, do you feel like a lot of people that were at the conference, like are, are on the same page with this stuff? Or do you think most people are still kind of in the, in that mindset of like renting out a space? 
I mean, I think there's always going to be people that are always, you know, looking to rent out a space and people are always looking to just rent a space, right? Just like how I rented that crappy hotel room. I just need a place to lay my bags, take a shower and go to sleep, right? It's like, I, I just needed that. So that that's always going to be there. But as I share, <clears throat> as I share the brand, like my vision around like how hospitality brands, short-term rental brands are the future of short-term rental industries and how hospitality needs to be the number one thing that we focus on. Um, I mean, I, I get more and more people that are agreeing with me than disagreeing. I haven't had anybody recently disagree saying, nah, you can still just get away with, you know, cookie cutter properties or whatever you want to call them. So I do see a shift. I see a lot more property, like really unique branded properties pop up, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see the maturity of the of the industry. So I, I don't see, I, I don't think we're an outlier. I think I think more and more people are going to be leading this way with their short term rental brands. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that uh, the place that you stay in New Jersey. I had a similar experience in Orlando. Uh, the the night we we arrived the day early. My my wife's family lives in Orlando, and we booked a we just booked a hotel that was closest to their home just so we could meet with family and have dinner and everything. Right. And, uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel it was definitely a well-known brand. Um, but it's one of those like more low budget type of brands. Anyway, like we walked into our room and the bathtub, like the, the water was, was flowing, you know, they, he couldn't shut it off. It was just like, there was a constant stream of water coming out. And, and so, and, but we had to go. We, we had dinner, you know, like so. So we had to go immediately. So I, I rolled up to the reception, and I I told the people like, hey, listen, like we we got a roll for dinner, but I just want to let you guys know, like the water is leaking in the bathtub in our uh, in our room. Um, so if you guys can maybe you know go over and and fix it or you know put us in a different room, whatever it is, we'll be back in two hours, and then. To my great surprise, the person behind the counter said, "Well, is it uh, is it is it bothering you? Like, do you do you hear it when you're in in the bedroom? Like," and I was like, "Well, no, I don't. I don't think so. It doesn't make like a little noise or anything. But I mean, like, you you. I mean, it's your hotel. Like, I'm sure you don't really want the water to be running all night, right? It's, isn't that is a bit of a waste? Like, and she was like, "Well, if it doesn't bother you, then you know, don't worry about it. Hmm. Like, we'll you know." Cause you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have the maintenance person here and like, you know, we'll, we'll fix it another time. And I was just like, man, like that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, like this is the one thing, like once you enter into hospitality, especially unreasonable hospitality, um, like for example, we're going right after this, we're going to dinner at, uh, one of my favorite restaurants called campfire in, uh, Carlsbad. Uh, California, and they're part of a uh, restaurant group. Where right next door they have a uh, another restaurant called Jean Julet, which is um, uh, a Michelin star restaurant. And uh, actually, the the operate director of operations uh, gave me this book. Uh, we were chatting about Free Wild, and he came down. And he said, "Hey, read this book. I make everyone who I hire read it, uh, and it's you know it's a big." Um, inspiration behind these, uh, behind this company, behind these restaurants. The reason why I bring this up to your story is like, 
once you start entering into world-class hospitality, like those restaurants that we're going to is just by far the best, the best service and the best hospitality I've ever experienced. Right. And I've been some, I've been in a lot of restaurants. Uh, same thing with hotels. Like I was just down in Austin and I stayed at this hotel called the Lauren, uh, on lady Lake down in Austin, Texas. And, same thing, the hospitality, as soon as you walk in, the hospitality is incredible. The design's beautiful, all of that. But the people truly want to connect with you and serve you there, right? So when you walk in and you have those types of experiences where it's like, oh, well, can't help you, you know, or whatever it is, like, you know, the, the hotel I was at, there was a bad smell in one of the rooms that they put me in. So I came back down and he's like, oh, yeah, I could just put an air freshener in there for you. I'm like, that's not the response on unreasonable hospitality company would bring. The unreasonable hospitality is, uh, I'm so sorry, I will have this fixed for you. We're moving you into our best room, right? And then over the the night and the, the time I'm, um, I'm staying there, the company with unreasonable hospitality is trying to make that experience better than it could have ever been and investing into me as the guest that's staying there, Right. They're not asking, oh, is the water bothering you? Because if it's not, we're just going to leave it and we'll fix it tomorrow. Like that's on, that's not acceptable. Right. So for me, like, dude, it's so funny. Like Samantha, Samantha laughs at me all the time. Like when we go to restaurants, when we go to hotels, when we stay at short term rentals, I am, for me, the experience of how, how are the people showing up right now? What was the intent? At the end of the day, what is the intention behind, behind it all? to make my experience a better experience, right? It's like he talks about in the book. It's like he wants his guests, his uh, people that are coming into his restaurant, feel like they're eating at his home, like they're entering into his home. It's not a transaction. So like he removed, he talks about it in the book, he removes like the the kiosk when you walk into a restaurant and you meet like the person at the door who takes your name and puts it in a thing. They don't even make eye contact with you. He removed all that because he wanted you to feel like you're walking into their home. And he trained his, his uh, I forget the name of the position, but he trained the front door person to Google the night before, Google every single uh, reservation and find pictures of the people who made a reservation the night before, study their pictures and their names and greet every single person who walked into the restaurant by their name. Right. So they've removed this whole thing and that's completely unreasonable. Right. But like as soon as we walk in for the first time into this restaurant, they're greeting us by name because they did research ahead of time to understand who's who's coming and they know me by face. And then they just place me at the table that's ready for me. Right. It's like stuff like that is that's an art. Um that's an art and it's just it's just so freaking beautiful. That's the stuff that's lighting me up right now. Obviously not easy to do, but it's like you know, you 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 figure that out, you bring the team on, it's you start over delivering on these experiences, then you know, these are the, the scalability of your company, the success of your company and just the fun that you can have through that is so much better than just running a place where it's just a heads and beds we'll fix it later type of thing. Like that's a terrible experience. No one's having fun there. Nobody. Right. And it's like, what are we doing? Why are we here? You're not making money. You're not having fun. You're not enjoying the space. Nobody wants to be in your property. Why are you doing this? So 
Yeah. Once you get into unreasonable hospitality, you start nitpicking everything, like everything. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I was in a, I was in a restaurant and the lady, same thing. She wouldn't look, look me in the eyes as she was checking me out and checking, checking me in. And I'm looking around and Sam's like, Oh, look at that. Look at that lamp. That lamp is so cool. And it was on the desk right next to me. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I just rub my finger on it. And there's a whole bunch of dust on top. I'm like, Mm-mm. Not good. Not, not good hospitality, you know, like got to think of those details. So I'm getting obsessed with this stuff. man. <laughs> so everybody who's listening, if, if you want some, uh, if you want the best critique on your, of your Airbnb, uh, just invite Eric as a guest. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> dude, the, the, the road trip that we went on, I wrote so like, I just gave him notes, right? Like all the places I stayed at, just gave him notes. This is what you guys are doing. Great. This is where you can improve you know, all this stuff. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's the feedback that you need. We take it from our guests and we're, we're implementing it into our properties. Right. So yeah, maybe we'll start a YouTube channel critiquing, uh, <laughs> that'd be a fun job. If you, if you can just like travel all around the world, stay at Airbnbs for free and give them feedback and, and as a, as a form of payment. That's right. Let's do it. Someone, someone's going to pick up us on this idea. <laughs> The the critiquing Airbnb guest or something like that YouTube channel boom, um, boom. But I think that's a really good example of unreasonable hospitality. What, what you mentioned, the example of studying the pictures of the guests that are coming tomorrow. Because the moment you said that, I was like, "Well, that's 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 really unreasonable." Super See, unreasonable. No one's gonna expect that. No one's gonna expect that. Dude, that was one of my favorite parts of this book is when he explained. They got to this point where he's like, I want my guests to feel like they're eating at my home. I, I want to remove anything that feels like a transaction between me and my guests, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and he's like, one of the first the first thing that he hates is like when you show up to a restaurant and you have someone standing there behind a podium, they're, they're being protected, their eyes are down, they're not even looking at you, they're touching a screen and then they just send you off, right? It's like, that's not... That's not unreasonable hospitality. That's not beautiful hospitality. That's mm-hmm. that's a transaction, right? Of like, okay, you're coming in, putting you here, type of thing, right? <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, so his idea was to like, let's remove that completely and let's have a human interaction. Like when you show up to my home to have dinner, it's like, I'm greeting you with a hug. I'm greeting you by name. I know who you are, right? So how do you do that? in a restaurant, right? And he trained his team. And this was, you know, I forget how many years ago, but he trained his team to where the night before they would have a book of all the names and he would research every single person online, find a picture of them and study those names. And then anyone new that comes in, they have to study their, find that person and study them. So when they walk in, we know you by face, we know you by name, and we're greeting you as if you're in our home. And then on top of that, anything else in the restaurant that felt like a transactional experience, they removed, right? So it's like uh, at the end of the restaurant, so before I move on, the that whole thing of like training somebody to meet you by name and face, it's like that's not that's not scalable, that's not reasonable, right? That's not something where you get an ROI from, right? You can't measure that, right? But the experience of that guest, especially for the first time walking in, man, that just makes you feel like 
you're, it makes you feel welcome. It makes you feel like you're, you want, they want you there. Right. And that's that you can't measure that in my opinion. Right. So, and I'll leave it at that. Like he, everyone read the book. There's so much in here. Um, I'm probably going to reread this cause, uh, it was that powerful. So, but I asked myself, it's like, how do we do this in free wild? How do we do this in the short term rental space? How do we remove the transactional part of this? And the beauty about short term rentals is like versus traditional hotels is the, the freedom of guests to have access to the properties, but also the freedom of the operators to have minimum, minimal team members on the property, right? So less humans having to manage it, right? So how do we create these unreasonable hospitality experiences in a in this in this industry where 90% if if not 100% of the the interactions are through digital connections, right? So there has to be ways that we can do this. Um and I'm experimenting that with with that now, right? Like, you know, one of our guests was asking about the water. You know, is it safe to drink the tap water? And like, yes, safe. You're fine. It's mountain water. You know, it's very known up there. But then before she checked in, we had a whole bunch of fresh water shipped to the house and put into the refrigerator, right? Turned on the, the, the heater because she wanted it a little bit warm. She didn't ask for this stuff, but we went out of our way to do that for her. Um, you know, stuff like that to me is now how, how we implement unreasonable hospitality into the short term rental space. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think this is a conversation that will be continued on another podcast, uh, <clears throat> in the next uh, few weeks. Um, but we we have a dinner reservation at campfire, which is, uh, it's very cool that we're talking about this and we're actually going to the restaurant that kind of inspired part of this, right? Uh, that definitely inspired it. Yeah. Inspired the design for free wild and inspired the hospitality. Yeah. Um, before we, uh, wrap up, can you, can you, uh, remind us the first book that you recommend? So before we read unreasonable hospitality, we should read that other book. What was it called again? It's called setting the table by Danny Meyer. Awesome. It's okay. just so- a good, yeah, it's a good, uh, introduction to unreasonable hospitality. Um, and all the stories that are behind all the restaurants that are involved in this. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing, um, I, you know, I've, I noticed, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading your posts on, uh, on LinkedIn and I see there's a lot of engagement on it. People are commenting and you're responding and everything. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find those posts? And I'm sure, uh, you know, we, uh, be fun for, for people to interact with you on, on these ideas. Yeah, for sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to to post up. I'm sorry. Let me restate that. I, I hate. I, I said that to my uh, trainer the other day that I'm gonna do my best to uh, you know like show up at on time. And he's like, "You're gonna do. It's either you're doing it or you're not doing it." So um, so to correct myself there, uh, I'm going to post a couple of times a week on LinkedIn about this stuff that I'm learning and that what we're implementing in Free Wild. So. LinkedIn is now my thing. That's my outlet as of right now. Uh, so it's, it's just my full name, Eric D. Muller on LinkedIn. Um, and you guys will find the, the comments there, or the, the posts there. Yep. And then Muller is M-O-E-L-L-E-R. That's right. Yep. I'm just reading it from your, I have your name on the screen. So otherwise, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, I appreciate you jumping on. I know you, uh, 
you uh, were uh, a little into the, into the weather, so I appreciate you uh, showing up and uh, and delivering the value here. And uh, yeah, let's let's go up to uh, episode seven hundred. Boom! I love That's it, man. Awesome. Congrats on congrats on the six hundred episodes. Freaking awesome! And uh, for anyone who is also interested in more of the unreasonable hospitality stuff, uh, check out the event Dharma. Is it Dharma or Darm? No, Darm. It's D A R M. Yeah, D A R M. Uh, it's down in Nashville, December fourth, I think it is, or fifth. Uh, Will. Yeah, five through seven. Will is going to be headlining that event, so you'll be able to yeah. see him. And- We'll be down there yeah, as well. We, uh, yeah, we'll be down there. This is a conference. It's the Data and Revenue Management Conference. So it's uh, definitely going to be my favorite conference. Mm-hmm. Just uh, nerding out on numbers all day. You know, it's a beautiful thing. I think, by the way, Dharma, that's, I think that's uh, that's from Lost. You haven't seen <laughs> Lost, right? I've never seen Lost, no. Uh, well, for the people who have seen Lost, I think they you'll know what this reference is. Um, all right, man. Appreciate uh, you jumping on here and to the listeners. Hope you enjoyed episode 600. You know what to do. Buy these two books, jump on LinkedIn, start talking to Eric about these concepts because, uh, you know, this is the future, right? So you better hop on the train already. And we'll see you next time. Adios. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. I have a question for you. Do you have a solid revenue management strategy in place to maximize the revenue for your listings? Is revenue management part of your daily routine? If not, then you're leaving money on the table. The days that we can ignore revenue management in our hosting business and still do well are over, my friends, and they won't come back. So if you either don't use dynamic pricing and manually enter prices on the OTAs, or you have a pricing tool set up, but you're not sure how to use it correctly, then the cash flow mastery is for you. In this brand new course, I teach you step-by-step how to set up your pricing tool, create a winning revenue management strategy, and give you a daily, weekly, and monthly workflow to evaluate your portfolio performance and make strategic price adjustments. I walk you through how we set up our revenue management for FreeWild, from setting up your base price to minimize stays, length of stay discounts, adjacent day pricing, orphan night pricing, and much more. On top of that, you'll get access to countless of calculators and tracking sheets that will give you the insights you need to make the right pricing decisions. The course comes with a Facebook group where you can ask questions every day and monthly live Zoom calls to help you stay on track. Do you want to manage your revenue and master your cash flow? And sign up now at getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That is getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery.